0: From newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. One, two, three. Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, and this morning, uh, Mike Hosking's technical frustration causes him to think about another career. Uh, more details to follow. This is breaking news. Uh, we've got a Musk date for you. Well, it's a Tesla update, but I've started calling them Musk dates because it's got a better ring to it. And while we're on cars, uh, we'll get a review of the Aston Martin. Uh, Mike drove around Hampton Downs yesterday before any of that. Um, so the government is
1: for or against foreign investment. It's so confusing. In this um, latest backflip, in this latest backflip, I contained my frustrating frustrations with this government. My frustrations, also my confusion. The deal was this, right? The deal was this. To build a lot of houses, we would train one local builder and bring in one from offshore. They backflipped on that yesterday. It's now just bring in them as fast as you can. The deal was they would be cutting immigration by 30,000. The backflip is, how can we do that when we're so short of builders? The deal was... Foreigners are the problem in the housing market. We're going to ban them from participating. The backflip yesterday, foreigners can build and rent and invest in large-scale projects. Now, my question is this. Are they stupid? Are they really that backward, that naive, that as industry after industry, contractor after contractor, company after company told them, of all the constraints that were already around labour and costs and finance when it came to the housing, there wasn't a hope in hell of a increasing the building numbers from what they already were, and B, even less of a hope that Kiwi build at 10,000 houses per year for 10 years, on top of all of that, would ever see the light of day if they insisted on ploughing forward with bans and restrictions. Were they that naive, or were they Machiavellian? Did they, because you can quite rightly ask, given how bleeding obvious all this was, simply spout what they wanted to spout during the campaign to lure the gullible and get the votes, knowing full well that if they got to government, they could never deliver on what they said they would. I still don't know the answer to that question for sure, but my guess is the former. And if I'm right, that is a hopeless position for a government to be in, as staggering as it would appear to be. They don't strike me as nasty people or as bare-faced, dishonest people, but they do strike me as increasingly looking like they're bewildered, inexperienced and perhaps surprised they got across the line last October. Now, you could argue these backdowns are good, at least because it shows they're prepared to see the error of their ways and that they're capable of listening. But having handed out that small bouquet, one is left with this glaringly large brick bat that it almost beggars belief that the things they couldn't see were staring at them so large, so obvious, so alarmingly obvious you can quite rightly feel nervous about the direction of this country. Two more surveys this week. Talked about them earlier this morning, showing falling confidence. And on the housing and finance policy backflip yesterday alone, you can see why. The growth number last week that was less than what it has been, there is a massive L plate on this lot. A massive L plate. And the damage is starting to get tangible.
0: Where exactly do you affix the L plate uh, to a government? Just on the beehive windows, I suppose. Um take my advice, don't waste your money on the um, the ones from the AA shop they're expensive and the uh, adhesive is t- hard to get off the windscreen just print off some yellow L's uh, well yellow squares with black L's on them and, and use sticky tape uh, a little bit of, a little life hack there for you, uh, now uh, ever been frustrated with your printer not working?
1: you covered with
0: the biz on the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ on Newstalk ZB.
1: Uh, some insight into the workplace we can all identify with this morning. If you have trouble with your email at work, yes. If your printer is broken, yes, yes, yes. Research by Unisys shows that if um, tech at your place of work is shonky, you are five times more likely to be annoyed with your employer and you are four and a half times more likely to start looking for other jobs. Who's been packing a sad lately about the tech, eh? Who's, the, who's, been, the, who's been packing a big sad I come?
0: Oh? I come in some mornings and there there's sort like this, this sort of a, a greeny, browny,
1: funky cloud just hanging so, over you. That's me. That is me with the tech gets worse with half of the companies looked at had uh, half of the companies had outdated tech. Nearly 75% of workers admitted they go around security protocols because they're annoying. So the conclusion I came out out of that uh, particular um, analysis from Unisys, it's it's nothing short of a miracle I'm still here. Yeah,
0: I don't think we needed Unisys to tell us this. No, we did not. We didn't need to tell that. The the real news out of that, of course, is that don't look for another job just because of this, guys, because it's the same same everywhere. everywhere. It's the same wherever you go. You see, what we didn't realise was that printers, like the invention of printers, was the first step of the robot apocalypse. They were designed to never ever work and to only cause us grief, stress, frustration and to turn us homicidal against each other. Brilliant. Masterstroke from the
1: robots. Uh, Speaking of a technology that drives itself. So here's your next problem. It burst into flames. They've got a whole lot of problems. They don't think it was on autopilot, but it failed to slow down. There's something going on with these cars where it sort of tears and it steers and it goes to hit a wall. that doesn't want to slow down because you had that other one in America the well, other you've, day. you've experienced that same thing well, in a, yes, in a I have. non-self-driving car. <laughs> that, so. is true. that is true. But anyway, this one, here's your latest problem. Things in flames, and they go to put it out, and the fire brigade, hundreds of litres of foam and water all over the car, they stick it on the tow truck, it bursts back into flames. This is the lithium battery. This is the problem they've got. So they, they go, what? So they put it out again on the back of the tow truck, and then they take it to the yard, and then it bursts back into flames again. They can't put it out. It's the car you just can't well, put out. Well, I think it's pretty clear what's going on here. Which is what? Robot apocalypse. Yeah, it probably is. So, um, you know, geez, buy a Tesla.
0: I mean, as I mentioned, uh, that wasn't the only uh, car development that uh, was happening in Hosking's life over the last 24 hours. He went back down to Hampton Downs and uh, revisited the scene of the crime.
1: So how did it go? Went all right. Hampton Downs yesterday. Um, only been back once since the incident and so and uh first thing that happens when i turn up at hampton downs is that the uh, the nice people in the office who run the gt club which i belong to they're standing there with my bucket and spade award and so all of aston martin are there and all the professional race drivers are there and a whole lot of aston martin people you know customers are there and um so they're just standing there mike mike Got your bucket and spade award, and it's uh, it's quite an award, as it turns out. I've won a few awards in my time, but this would be the most lavish in terms of trophies. It is a, a big wooden block at the bottom with your plaque, and on top of it is a gold spade with a bucket. So quite a, quite a large prize. And uh, of course, everyone immediately goes, "What'd you what'd you get that for, Mike?" And I went, "Don't worry about it. Talk about it later." And then, "Oh,
0: you didn't go? Oh, let me just jump in this car and I'll show you." <laughs>
1: So anyway, that was the introduction to the day. So we went down and we drove the uh, the new Aston Martin Vantage, and the um, actually here is here is here is how small the world is. Bloke, I'm I'm I've got a bloke doing some work for me the other day uh, around a house. He's doing a house inspection for me, and he goes. I said, look, can we get this uh, report quick, sticks? We need to move on with this. He goes, well, I'll try and get it to you by the end of Wednesday, but I'm a bit busy Wednesday. I'm going down to Hampton Downs to... Um, I won a hot lap in an Aston Martin. I said, stop it. So I'm telling you on Friday about how you can win a hot lap at at, 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 at Hampton Downs. If you go along to the Aston Martin thing uh, on Saturday, he goes along to the Aston Martin thing on Saturday, he wins a hot lap. So it's like the smallest world going. So anyway, he's there as well, asking me how I won the Bucket and Spade Award. But, so we get in the Vantage... And we get in the other thing they got to let us drive was the DB11. So here's the first problem. Which one would James Bond prefer? Well, you see, that's interesting. That's interesting because the Estomart advantage is based on the James Bond car in the latest James Bond movie. So it looks like the James Bond car, but you might think that traditionally he might have gone for the DB11. Upshot was the track's still wet, and I managed to fling it into a wall when it was bone dry. So I'm thinking to myself, well, how, how's this going to go? So they put a few cones out. Remember Aaron Slight. You know the motorcycle guy, Aaron Slight. He was one of the professional drivers. Lovely bloke. Uh, anyway, we, we we got around. Put the back. So in. it turns into a motorcycle. Oh no. <laughs> put the back end out a bit but you know we had the best of times and the engine noise and brum, brum, brum. I'll tell you what, 45 minutes down you listen to Leighton Smith, get out of the car feeling a better person for it, drive around the truck a few times in a couple of flash cars, get back in the car 45 minutes more of Leighton Smith you're feeling an even better person, there's your perfect day, can't go, can't go wrong. Wow I mean almost perfect, obviously if you have got to bring it home at the well, end. Well yeah I didn't get to bring it home but counterbalanced by the fact that it remained undented untarnished and still in pretty reputable order and they're probably going to sell it. And, they, and, and you, they- and you- you don't look that dented either, and they can say, "Look, Hosking drove that, and he didn't crash it. What a miracle!" Yeah, I guess that adds value to the
0: vehicle if it's Hosking-proof. I suppose. I am Glen ZB. Um, I'm more of a Toyota, Hyundai kind of a guy. Uh, that was the rewrap. We'll see you back here again for more tomorrow. Uh, Seatbelts. Just a quote, paraphrase steal a phrase from the host of our year dude check out that podcast actually it's a great one much better than this